Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Good. How are you? Good. Good. I just got done trimming our school tree here at my studio. Uh, So thanks, Uh, Katrina. And I went out and got some ornaments, but uh, I think uh, some of my other guys are going to go get light and stuff like that. So it's beginning to look a lot like just over here in Seattle. I'm doing good. What's going on in your neck over there, Kat? Um, You know, just. uh Preparing for today's show, did a lot of cooking today for the week, um, preparing healthy foods and stuff, and you know how that goes, and otherwise I'm good. Nice. What about you, Bob? How you doing there, brother? Oh, not not too bad, not too bad. See, when you said I was trimming the tree at the school, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking Christmas, I was thinking head clippers. <laughs> That's what that that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, oh, the, we had the the, uh, the uh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? No, we had right. the uh, uh, martial arts history museum holiday Christmas party last night, which was a huh? very nice success. It wasn't we didn't have as many people as we did on the first of uh, January, mm-hmm. but. We had a lot of people, a lot of good food. Uh, remember, you, do you remember Ian Sanchez? We met him at Dragon yeah. Fest 2016. He drove down for it five hours. What? Are you serious? Five hours. Yeah. Holy crap. And uh, Art, Art Camacho had his book signing. Now, this was a really cool thing. Art, actually, honest to God, I was there. He got knighted last night. By a prince. Wait, 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 back up. Say that again. <laughs> he was, I swear to God, I was there. He actually got knighted. Now we have to call well, him Sir Camacho. Are you it was serious? Really cool. to. An actual prince. Uh, yeah. From where? But, what? Prince from where? You know, I can't remember because he was a prince in the Middle East, and because of the turmoil, him and his family had to split to uh, Brazil. Oh, man. But he's there tonight. But that, I mean, that's – yeah, he came down to night art. It was it was actually a, a very cool thing. Got the sword out, uh, a very religious uh, ceremony, and got his sword out and dubbed him and the whole thing. It was re- very cool. Wow. How, wow. Well, how, how about cool that? Is, wow. So now he's got like that this was thing very, that. So now he's got like this thing that he can that he can pin on his uh, 
pin on his lapel or whatever, whatever, like how. Yeah, nice. they they got him a lapel pin and a medal. Uh, uh, wow. um, to wear, so it's very <clears throat> cool. Camacho, huh? <laughs> Sir Art Camacho, I'm gonna put this uh, on the comments here. We've got a bunch of people that uh, that are on that are viewing right now. We've got. Let me go through the list here. It's not even gonna show me half of. We've got like Janie. Janie's with us. James. Hans is with us, Ron Liu, Gina, uh, Gina Maris Kurtz, Alan Goldberg, Joe Franklin, uh, David Ricardo, uh, Hin Cappy, uh, Ewer Chin, Joe Franklin, I already said Joe Franklin, Justin Plavik, who says that potato vodka is not good, by the way. Robert Suttles is also watching. Tony Collins is watching. And uh, Paul Kazaika is watching. Renzi Rajat Sharma is watching. Sanju Lohakare is watching. Kelvin Taylor. Hey, Kelvin. How are you? He goes, hey, what up, Rusty? Hey, uh, Guillermo Moreira is, is watching. Tom Bogansky and Lou Larson have joined. Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, Angela Bonilla. Gosh, Anita Vlachos. Stephanie Zimmerman. Carmen Nieves. Roddy Hovey. There's like a bajillion people watching right now. So, wow, awesome. Got a bunch of Omar Muhammad just joined. Um, Kelvin and Taylor. It's Gerald. Good to see you again. Oh, hey, yeah. John Lupo's watching. Um, Andy Moynihan, buddy. Nicole Kostelik is watching. So, yeah. So stay tuned, folks, because a little bit later we're gonna be talking about martial arts and special needs. So, wow, pretty cool, Sir Art Camacho. Huh? <laughs> Time I see him, do I have to curtsy? <laughs> is that how that works? No, you don't have to. <laughs> no, I know, no, but yeah. <laughs> What's that, Bob? Oh, uh, I told him the first time I had to call him sir and wanted to shoot myself. Say that again. What? What'd you say? I said the first the first time I called him sir and wanted to shoot myself because he's what? so humble, he's so down to earth. Oh yeah. <laughs> It just doesn't yeah. fit it, because we're such close friends. You know what I mean? It just yeah, doesn't yeah. fit. I hear you. I hear you. But he does have the title, and if we decide to use it, we can. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It, it really is. We did it on Facebook Live. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, do you know anybody else who's been who, who you can call sir like that? And I said, you know, I've always wanted to meet Elton John, but I just never have. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. I think the beach. It, it was very cool. Anyway. Well, cool. So stay tuned, folks. We got a lot of people watching right now. Stay tuned because later again, we're going to be talking about martial arts and special needs. So with that said, let's get on with the show. Let's start with birthdays. So who do you have for birthdays, Bob? Birthdays, well. Uh, you know, I lost my mother in 2003. She would have been 91 tomorrow. Uh, Sifu, Douglas Wong, he's uh, on the 7th. Is It's his birthday. A dear friend of mine that I love dearly, Kelly Harris, her birthday is on the 8th. And believe it or not, that's my only birthday this week. Wow. I've got a few. I've got um, today, actually, 
Today is uh, Christy Bowersock's birthday and Jerry Sensi. Uh, well, their birthday is today. Aw. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Get a hold of Christy. Go, Christy. <laughs> Happy birthday, girl. Yeah. Um, on the 5th, we've got my little sister, by blood, uh, Dai Noilari Chin. Um, also on the 5th are Lauren Keel and Lauren Chin. Lorna and Dai, believe it or not, are related to me by marriage. By, by marriage. So Lorna, Lorna is married to my sister's husband's brother. So there you go. So what does that make her? I guess so. Okay. On the sixth, Jason Buxton. And uh, if I remember correctly, we met Jason at the last USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame here in Seattle. We did an interview with him and his son. Um, Also on the sixth is um, my cousin's birthday, Amado Baronio. He would have been 49. He passed away uh, a couple months ago. Um, so rest your soul, Amado. Yeah. Um, and on the 8th, we've got Jeremy Newman and Benny Mang. So, yeah. So what about you there, Kath? Do you have any, uh, any birthdays? Well, you were going to let me announce Christy Barisak, so I don't have anybody else. <laughs> oh, whoops. I'm Aww. sorry. Oops. I was just reading the notes there. I was just reading the notes. Somebody I know. I know. If you were here, I'd kick you under the table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> anyway, so for everybody having a birthday this week, this tune's for you. show shall we announcements we've got uh only like only one announcement that i can think of at the moment and uh bob's really good at telling everyone about this upcoming event what do we got coming up in a couple weeks bob <laughs> oh wow 
That's well, well, I don't know what to say to that. Actually, <laughs> go, Bob, that, that go. was very, very well said. <laughs> okay, so we're having the uh, the museum telethon on the 16th and 17th. We've got a bunch of entertainment lined up, uh, demos. Uh, I'm going to go through some of them. We're going to start off with the opening ceremonies. I'm trying to get a singing group to do that. Then we're going to do a – Michael Matsuda is going to do a museum tour. Then you're going to demo Tai Chi. Then you and I are going to be blending uh, – call it blending the arts. Then uh, Kathy is going to do a kickboxing demo. Now, the way I'm breaking it down, Rusty, is I'm breaking it into 15-minute blocks, 15 perform, 15 break, 15 – and so forth, right? Just to make it easy. Now, if we go over in performance, great. We'll shorten the breaks. So everybody's going to get a chance. Then Mike, we have Mike Rivera demonstrating Lima Lama at three o'clock, and then at five at four o'clock for a full hour, we have the band uh, a band coming on called Triad. Hmm. Michael listened to their music and really loved them. Then at nice. six o'clock, we start the comics with Daryl Kamak, Billy Batts, Adam Barnhart, Mark Holdley, Jeff Husbands, Paul Go- Paula Goldberg, Leland Hel- Helfand. Heidi Lau, Daniel Carter, and then we go into an Elvis tribute artist. Robert Dixon goes on at 9.15, and that's all we have scheduled so far for Saturday, and we're working on a couple more, of course. Then uh, Sunday at noon, we have uh, Felix Roles demoing Kali. At 12.30, we have America's Abbasamas demonstrating uh, uh, sumo. Uh, wow! One o'clock. Vincent went. What? I said again, yay! Because that was so much fun. To Absolutely. Watch, to watch him like. Wasn't that a blast? He's so good. Pushing him over. He's, he's so badass. He's so badass. I know. <laughs> he's so cool. Uh, one o'clock. We have Vince Cesari doing a stand-up routine. At one thirty, oh, no. we have Vince Cesari doing a uh, uh, Sanukas Rude demo. Then oh. we have uh, magician Bill Perone with guest Joyce Lynn Liu uh, doing magic wow. at 2 o'clock. Nice. And then at 2.30, we have uh, Kathy Long uh, demonstrating self-defense. Uh, then at 3 o'clock, we have North wait, Coast Taekwondo. Uh, wait, it's not self-defense. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, come on, man. Really? Really? That's what you're going to call it? I get it. No, I actually, Kathy, actually, on, on the schedule, it says Kathy Long Kung Fu Sansu, but oh, thank I understand you're you going to de- defend, do self-defense techniques based on Kung Fu Sansu. No, it's Kung Fu Sansu. Kung Fu Sansu. Okay. I, I spelled it right. I should get some points for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, know I, I can't me. see Never what mind. you spelled, my friend. Uh, so that's going on at the Mars Larsis Museum anybody's invited to come by and watch, say hello uh, see the acts hang out with us, whatever the hours are going to be 11 11 a.m. to midnight on Saturday the 16th and 11 to 6 on Sunday the 17th at 2319 West Bengali Boulevard in the city of Burbank. Last year, or well, it's still this year technically, in February, we raised $7,000 for the museum. 
we want to see how much more than that we can push this year. Yes, definitely. Folks, you know, this is the world's only martial arts museum, folks. <laughs> the world's only. And uh, it runs solely on donations. Like, Michael doesn't get paid. You know, any donations that come in go straight into the, straight to the museum uh, for procuring uh, uh, stuff for exhibits, um, upkeep on the exhibits and stuff like that. So, um, and they're look they're looking for a new venue. We're still the, we're still looking for a new venue for them, aren't we, Bob? Bob yes, Michael. Yes. Right? Oh, and and la- last week they got a new exhibit in. They haven't displayed it yet because they just don't have the room. It's Pendecar Paul de Twarth official uniform. This was See, this belonged no. to him. It was donated by his daughter. Wow. That's pretty cool. You you sent me a picture of uh of the uniform on display and it's 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 badass. I mean, you know, a, a legend in Taxilat. I mean, you know, come on, folks. And there's a lot of stuff Michael Matsuda has that there is no room for. Um even I think even now, even if he um like changed out like a bunch of uh, exhibits and stuff like that. There's still a lot of stuff in storage. And wouldn't it be nice to have that all displayed? So, you know, support support the Martial Arts Museum. We're going to be broadcasting live um, from, um, from the Martial Arts History Museum, doing live broadcasts of all the acts and stuff like that and the demos. <clears throat> and uh, there's going to be – there's a special page for donations, right, Bob? Uh, yes, it's linked. Is is what I remember is it is linked to the Martial Arts History Museum page, and mm-hmm. he'll have buttons to to donate certain amounts. And Paul Dutour's daughter is going to be performing. She either does, she either sings or plays or is a musician. I'm not sure which. So I'm gonna uh, figure out where to put her on the schedule. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So how many how many open spots do we need? Uh, uh, how many open spots need to be filled? At last count, it was like nineteen. Nineteen. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So nineteen nineteen spots for performers, uh, dancers, uh, musical acts, um, martial arts demonstrations, anything. So if you guys are in the uh, in the SoCal area. Get a hold of Robert Steele. Get a hold of him. Or get a hold of the Martial Arts History Museum. Volunteer your services. Um, so that way we have another great telethon. I, You know, something tells me 10K this year. 10K. That's going to be our goal. 10K. <laughs> At least. Yeah, and if you are, I wanted to mention, if you are in the SoCal area around noon or so, we need, to, we need food. I'm just oh. saying. Yeah. We need food and drink. Oh. Yeah, so bring it by. Definitely. Yeah, bring it by. Bring it by, folks, because um, you know me and Bob and Cat are gonna be there the whole time. Sa- same with Michael um, and the the acts and people coming in um, to visit the museum. Um, the admission to the museum at that time during that time is free, if I remember correctly. So come on by. Yep. And. Uh, you know, potluck it. Let's potluck it. Let's just, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Yay. I love potlucks. Let's do it. So do I. I'll bring some stuff. Why? Yeah. Yay. And I, 
Yeah, and, and don't bring a bunch of chips, folks. Just saying. No, <laughs> no chips. No, no, but no nobody sodas. brought chips last no. night, but, but nobody brought drinks. Go ahead, Kat. Oh, oh. no <laughs> drinks. Oh, <laughs> party foul. <laughs> so, even if you guys are, you know, in California and you're listening from all over the world or whatever, you can still donate to the Martial Arts History Museum during the course of the telethon, anytime, actually. Um, and another and another thing I almost forgot, um, you can donate at any time during the year um, on the Martial Arts History Museum. Also, send a donation by, um, by buying stuff on Amazon.com. If you go to Amazon Smile, Amazon.Smile, um, look up the Martial Arts History Museum because a portion of your purchase gets donated directly to the Martial Arts History Museum. So since that happened... Wow, that's I nice. It is. Since that happened, I don't know when that happened, I think it was last year or whatever, I've donated about 80 bucks with every purchase that I've made on Amazon. So check that out, folks. You know, it's awesome. You don't have to think about it. You just buy your stuff on Amazon, and, and some of those proceeds go go to the Martial Arts History Museum. So check it out, Amazon Smile. So anyway, so that's my plug for donations for the museum. Let's Yay. move on. Let's move on to the rest of the rest of the stuff. So any more announcements on your end there, Bob? No, and I I just checked. And the museum telethon page never left. He kept it up. So I'm going to put a uh, link onto Facebook and onto your video so that people can check it out. Nice. You know, I think I know some people who would be happy to do a judo demonstration. Will there be padding? Are there mats? Uh, they only have puzzle mats right now, so they'll have to bring their own mats. That's okay. No, that's okay. Puzzle mats would be fine. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, okay, you but, can. But, but, I'll, yeah, I'll these are the real, the real thin. The, these are the real thin well, puzzle mats. These these are not meant to, to stop you from jacking your shoulder up. I'll let them know. <laughs> I'll, they'll figure it out. Okay, perfect. That'd be great. Awesome. Okay, and they can bring their own trash pad. Nice. Perfect. Yay. So if you could reach out to them, that would be awesome. And um, Yeah, once you get that figured out. I will. I'll talk to them Wednesday. Yes. Yay. Awesome. All right. So hopefully now just 18 acts that we can fill. (laughs) Yes, we'll cross our fingers. I think they'll jump at the opportunity. They want to advertise anyway, so it's good. There you go. That's what we did. La- that's what we did last year. Every every person that came up, we did a short interview with them and plugged their school or plugged their business or what have you. So, yeah, let's plug them. Nice. All right. Well, if there are no more announcements, I think we can move on to the health news. So, over there. health news. The question is, does chicken soup really help a cold? <laughs> now, we all know, we've all, we've all had 
know, our grandmothers or our mothers and stuff like that telling us that, uh, hey, you should eat this soup. It will be good for you. But does this particular meal really have medicinal proper properties? Could slurping up chicken soup save me a trip to the local pharmacy? Well, you won't find studies in humans that prove chicken soup can fight a cold, but there's enough evidence to make it worth trying. So here we go. One study published in the medical journal Chest, Chest, (laughs) suggested that chicken soup might have anti-inflammatory effects, which could possibly ease symptoms of upper (laughs) represent. I can't talk today, you guys. (laughs) I've done that. (laughs) Okay. My turn later. Which could possibly ease symptoms of upper respiratory tract infections. Researchers specifically studied the movement of neutrophils, which is a type of white blood cell, when combined with soup. They found that the movement of neutrophils was reduced in the presence of soup, suggesting a possible anti-inflammatory mechanism that could at least theoretically alleviate cold symptoms. Or not. Quote, unquote, these are substances, there are substances in chicken soup that could affect cells in the body that could potentially have medicinal effects, but whether they are good or bad for you, we didn't test, said study author Dr. Stephen Renard, uh, professor of medicine at the University of Nebraska Medical Center in Omaha. Now, because the study was done in a laboratory and not in humans, Renard cautions that it remains to be seen whether one could even absorb the substances that appeared to have beneficial effects in the lab. The researchers did not actually isolate specific substances in soup that might be beneficial, nor did we show that it would do so in a living person, let alone a living person with a cold, he added. Chicken soup might do stuff, but a lot more research is required, Bernard says. There is some possibility that there is a biochemical or medicinal basis to it, but some, quote-unquote. Um, uh, he adds that the terms suggests and possible are the key words. So there you go about chicken soup. Now, the way I look at it, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> In fact, I was thinking about going home and making some myself tonight. So, anyway, that's it for Yum. my. I know. I got all the stuff today, this afternoon. So, if I feel like I have some time when I get home, I'm just going to go uh, make some chicken soup or not. <laughs> but we'll see. All right. So, that's it for my health news. Let's move on to weird news. Right. What do we have for weird news there, Bob? Well, there's a guy in Sacramento County that's really down in the dumps. You want to hear huh. about it? Yeah, sure. Why is he down in the dumps? Because a delivery driver for Amazon was caught on camera pooping on his driveway. He made his own special delivery. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> okay. All 
right, I'm so, listening. You know, I know somebody who who was who was mailed dog poop or mailed poop in the mail. It just, yeah, not good. Wow. Why? I, you know, I you guess know, I don't know if it even says so they they mailed him poop. <laughs> it's not good. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I know, right? Can you imagine? Really bad. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine opening a package and it's just like a bunch of poop? I can't imagine this. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, my God. Disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, Paul. that's pretty bad. Okay. So, a homeowner in Sacramento County, County California, is down in the dumps after an Amazon delivery driver, uh, con- well, a contractor, you know, they, they don't, they're not employed by Amazon. They're 1099 right. employees, right? Right. So, they left a pile of feces in front of his house. Nima Batista wasn't home on Tuesday when the delivery driver pooped in front of his house. But he saw the excrement evidence when he came home. Batista then checked the surveillance cameras and noticed the driver squatting pasture side of his truck. He tried to get to the bottom of this mess by contacting Amazon via this Facebook post. Batista told local station KBET that the driver's supervisor came out to investigate. Oh, what a crappy job. (laughs) (laughs) Every pun intended, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what they say? Oh, my God. Use a pun, go to jail. (laughs) Oh, God. You know what? I can hear the eye rolls now. (laughs) I can hear the eye rolls. Joe Franklin just got on the the line, and he said, and his martial art of practice is, Hooflang dung. Anyway. Hooflang <laughs> <laughs> dung, yeah. You know, when people used to ask me who my opponent was, I'd say some dumb chump. <laughs> some Asian for some dumb chump. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, I guess when he got yeah. home, he was in shock when, when he saw the <laughs> So when he got home, he was shocked to see the size of it. (laughs) Batista said he ended up scooping it up with a plastic bag, but he didn't want to take it with him. It smelled really bad. You think? Well, yeah. (laughs) Of course it does. But Jason oh told CBS Sacramento that he suspects the garbage can, can will smell like shit for a few for the next few days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know why I'm laughing so hard at this. I have no idea. Because it you didn't know, happen like, to you. That's right. You know, I I feel like you know I'm a little kid. You know, when like. Little kids like hear someone say fart, <laughs> they just completely lose it. <laughs> right. But I've got this visual of this guy squatting or this woman squatting, well, him or her, of uh, of this person it's squatting next to the delivery truck and just leaving <laughs> alone. That's just bad. It's just bad. 
he was delivering a load. That's horrible. <laughs> so he added, I also had a hose. Uh, he had to hose down the gutter and the sidewalk area after the supervisor left. So he he left this thing there till the, the Amazon supervisor got there. <laughs> His surveillance camera showed the guy taking a dump on his driveway. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> he, right? He left the evidence. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, Amazon that's crazy. Or, <laughs> an Amazon spokesperson told Huffington Post that the majority of packages this holiday season are being delivered without issue and that the company tried to work quickly to make this particular situation right. The online retail giant also issued an official statement. This does not reflect the high standards we have for our delivery service providers. The individual is no longer delivering Amazon packages, and we're in direct communication with the customer. The company gave (laughs) Batista a gift card to apologize. (laughs) I I, I had to laugh because I read ahead. It said the company gave Batista a gift card to apologize for all the crap he had to deal with. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, poor my guy. God. But he told KTZXL TV that his real concern for the customers who had packages delivered by the driver after that person pooped. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, I guess when you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> you yeah, got to go. I wonder, what did this guy do to the driver? Did he say something horrible to him at one point in a few in a previous delivery? I mean, did he who knows what happened? I mean, there's got to be a reason he pooped right. in the guy's driveway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh wow! <laughs> so that that definitely qualified as weird news this week. Yep, that was weird. <laughs> so you got yep. you know because okay, I've got I've got a package coming <clears throat> on Tuesday. Do I need to have my neighbors watch? <laughs> oh man! All right, well let's get on to the entertainment. All right. This, of course, comes out of Las Vegas to heavyweight right. champ Floyd Mayweather. Ex, his ex-girlfriend, Chantel Jackson, used his credit cards on the line and helped herself to his piles of cash, according to a lawsuit he filed against her. According to docs obtained by TMZ Sports, Chantel got access to Floyd's credit card accounts and scooped up cash around, the ha- around his house. To go on a personal to go on personal shopping sprees, he claims she shipped all her illicit booty to a secret location to keep him in the dark. Hmm. Lloyd claims Chantel would praise him in public when he got bad press purely to gain his confidence. In the docs, his lawyer writes, as a result of that confidence, Mayweather 
whose education ended at eighth grade did not audit or otherwise inspect either his cash or his credit card statements for theft by Jackson. Note, Floyd's reps tell us his lawyer has it wrong. He left hmm. school in the 12th grade, not the 8th. Now, I have I had heard in the past that Floyd only had an 8th eighth, eighth, uh, grade education, but that could have been wrong press, too. Hmm. Uh-huh. Tra- translation. Mayweather Jr.? Yeah. Well, he's a very strict businessman. So, um, he is. He, I he's, honestly, he's obviously got more than. Oh, go ahead. No, I just said I've met him, and you know he doesn't seem. I mean, he seems uh, very streetwise. Let's put it that way. Um, but as far as his education, I have no clue. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, the translation was that she pulled a rope a dope, and yeah, Floyd was a, the dope. Oh, that's bad. That, that's a horrible way to put it. That's horrible. According wow. to the suit, Floyd only found out when a mutual friend told him Chantel had been bragging about her financial exploits. The champ suing his ex for theft, no specific amount. Chantel is still suing him for a slew of reasons, including domestic abuse and invasion of privacy. Well, all right. And that's my entertainment news. Now, Russell, you want me to tell this story. Now, I want to know if this happened to any other guys, because we know it has, or husbands, boyfriends, whatever. My my mm. daughter, and I told you guys this story before we were on the air, my daughter helped me out to buy a present for my wife because they communicate. She knows mm. what she wants. She helped me out. Get, she She wanted a jacket. Brianna helped me out with the style, the color, the size, everything. Mm-hmm. So I buy the jacket online from Old Navy, the exact mm-hmm. one she wants. She comes mm-hmm. home tonight. She has a Target gift card that she got as a as a present from one of her customers. She says, honey, I want you to drive me up to Target. I want to buy a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, you don't. (laughs) Well, look at it this way. She'll have two jackets. How nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It will be because she's still getting mine and she will be wearing mine one way or the other. There you go. Well, of course she will. And she'll appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, a girl can't have enough jackets. Trust me. She can't have enough jackets, enough shoes, enough purses. And I wouldn't mind it, but this isn't the first time she's done it. In fact, I bet it happened between a couple of years ago between me and a, a friend of mine from up north. Right? You Rusty? know, Bob, it is yeah. a year. It's getting yeah. cold. Jackets, you can't have too many jackets. That's all I got to say. That, that's that's very true, and she will be wearing them both. But like I said, it happened with Rusty and I about a year and a half ago <laughs> on her on her birthday. But she announced that she bought this particular item before. Now I had it picked out and everything, but I hadn't bought it yet. And she announced that she bought one. 
So I hadn't. So it 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 was okay. I was. Pissed, what was it? Thought it was okay. You want to tell her, Rusty? Well, it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, what it was. Yeah, was it the the car uh, the car cigar thing? You got me. No, the, it was car the humidor. Cig- and the oh, the humidor. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I, said, I got cool. And then he got one that I had no idea. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I had no idea whatsoever. <clears throat> but the cool, the cool, the cool oh. stuff's in it. So, anyway. All right, let's move on. As you know, folks, we have a new segment, and we're going to be starting our, uh, we're going to be opening our phone lines a little bit late uh, right now because we've just been talking about who flung dung and, <laughs> and the Amazon poop and, and stuff like that. <laughs> but <dung>. we have, <laughs> it was flung by another easy guy, something. Anyway. Uh, hey, you know, so, we could. We could put that together with what can't you call her appointment? Who, who flung dung? Some dumb chump. Yeah. <laughs> Some dumb chump. <laughs> Along with the King Wong. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Cat's Corner. <laughs> let's move on to Cat's Corner. Something wrong. Cat's Corner is, well, let's see, here's the singer. All right, so Cat's Corner is where you get to submit a question to Kat about anything, about her career, about martial arts, about philosophy, anything you'd like, martial art related or not, um, assuming that it's allowed on the air. So if you're going to ask about her personal life and stuff like that, then don't. But um, this week's question is from Dave, David Morzot, actually. And, uh, okay, what's up, David? He writes, writes, hey, Cappy, I have been training in martial arts for quite a while. And when martial artists are discussing philosophy and training, the discussion often rolls around to someone being a quote-unquote gifted fighter or someone being a quote-unquote gifted martial artist. I was wondering what your opinion is on the subject. Is there a difference between someone being a fighter and someone being a martial artist? And if so, what do you feel distinguishes the two categories from each other? Thanks, David Morizot. Well, break down the word martial, which is Mars, who is the Greek god of war. So in a martial art, I think um, ages ago when people needed to protect their villages or their tribes, you know, they developed styles of fighting to protect themselves and protect their villages. Of course, that's evolved and changed since then. And now it's more of a commercialized concept. But if you look at martial arts today, um, or even 20 years ago, it's especially 20 years ago, let's just say 20 years ago, not even 30 or 40 or 50, but 20 years ago, you know, martial arts was uh, not as commercialized, not as, um, what's what I'm looking for? There wasn't so much uh, safety equipment involved. Everybody trained hard. Um, and they knew that if, if it came down to protecting themselves, they felt that because they trained very hard, they, they 
stand a good chance of protecting their wife or their girlfriend or themselves or whatever. So a good fighter, you know, I would turn the question back around to you because I, I see that in the sport of kickboxing, in the sport of MMA, in the sport of Muay Thai, in the sport of boxing, you're, it's a physical contact sport, but it's still a sport. So when you say a martial arts martial artist or a fighter, you don't have to be in martial arts to be a fighter. There are plenty of people out there who scrap really well, who are just very street savvy and, and like to brawl. Does that, and that makes them a good fighter because they've, they've won a lot of their battles. Um, but I would have to turn the question back around to you. Is it, What do you mean by fighter? Are you talking about the sport of a combat sport, which is still a sport? And, of course, you can gain skill and finesse and everything else from that sport. But, again, it's a sport where there are rules and you have to wear protective gear and you're only allowed to, to strike in so many different ways. But since you're not here to answer that, let's just go on with you've got a fighter or you've got somebody who competes in a good sport that's, that's very combative. You've got somebody who is athletically talented and that can translate into martial arts and it can translate into the sport of, you know, the, whatever combat sport you decide to get into. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's no difference. You have a physical kinetic ability. You're talented physically. And I mean, this is, you look at, you look at the Olympics, you look at world champions <clears throat> It's the same concept. I mean, it applies to every sport at every every sport as well as contact sports and in martial arts. Right on. Very cool. Yay. I'm sorry, I'm just reading all of the uh reading all of the comments. <clears throat> Janie asks why does cat's why does the cat corner cat's corner stinger sound like an eagle? Shouldn't it be a tiger roar or something? LOL. <laughs> I said it's a red tailed hawk. It's actually a red tailed hawk. Yeah. <laughs> I I searched the net forever to find one that sounded like what kind of like what I what I would what I would do, Imagine. Do you want to tell it. them why I have a red-tailed hawk and not a not a lion or a, or a tiger or a cat? Follow you wherever you go. <laughs> wherever I go, that is correct. Everywhere. I've been that's to New Zealand, and they're above me. Yeah, and that's what I wrote. I said Jamie, it's a red-tailed hawk. They follow her. They follow her all over the place. Um. Uh, Russ Ebert wants to uh, kind of chime in on your answer here. He asks, what about martial arts like fencing and kendo that were around in the 18th century with pads? Yeah, um, and what about it? Right. <laughs> You're looking at another sport. It's another sport. And, you know, you can also call it a martial art because obviously there was a lot of fencing involved in the early centuries. But... It's the same thing. You're either some people happen to be particularly 
inclined toward that sport. And well, I they wonder, shine. I wonder if Russ is asking, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, Russ, um, I wonder if he's asking the same question, but instead of fighter and um, uh, what did he what did David say? Martial fighter artist. Artist. Um, maybe maybe he's actually asking in terms of an actual fencer that actually you know a historical fencer as opposed to a sport fencer and kendo, which is technically a sport based off of of fencer. But I don't know. Um, I have no idea what, what Russ was alluding to on that, so I'm just going to... I don't know either, but, you know, I mean, you look at somebody who does a tea ceremony better than any other person who does the tea, performs a tea ceremony, and they happen to be particularly talented in doing in performing the tea ceremony, which sets them apart from everyone else. Right. It's the same concept. Right. And for those of you that have never seen a channel you ceremony, go, go see one. There's got to be a, a Japanese cultural uh, center somewhere down there in California or wherever you are. And uh, go, see that. Go, go see the tea house and actually do uh, an actual economy ceremony. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it <clears throat> truly is amazing. I mean, there's so much precision and timing and grace and delicacy and everything that you can possibly imagine that involves, a, a, you know, a true a true gifted athlete. All of that is applied in performing the tea ceremony correctly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well, I think I think that's it. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> Janie goes. Janie says, "I'm in Kentucky. Maybe I can find a moonshine ceremony." <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> I want to go. And, you know, I want to share and, some. And uh, Ted Mattingly from Hawaii is uh, is also watching. Aloha, Ted. He says, "Very cool Aloha. about the hawk. Uh, very cool about the hawk." He writes, "A red tail hawk is my Native American totem. Respect." So, and Thank you. JD goes, goes, come on, cat, come on down, moonshine ceremony, come on down. I see a trip to Tennessee in my future. Let's go, That's girl. Right. That's right. Um, yeah, exactly. Bring us down. I will teach you guys how to throw knives like we are talking about. Uh, Russ Ebert wrote back and he said, Kendo was implemented by the samurai class in their schools for training originally. Fencing was implemented by, by was implemented by colleges and schools of fencing for training. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. All right. Well, let's do this because we are running um, twenty minutes behind. We have a couple callers on the line, and remember, if you call and you want to become part of this discussion about martial arts and special needs, please make sure you press one so we know that you are. Um, that you want to actually talk with us. So, um, and shall I give the go- number? <laughs> yeah, give them the number, Kat. 347 677 Don't forget, 347-677-0699. All right. <laughs> Good job. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. 
Thank so you. give us a call. Make sure you press one, folks, so we know you wanna you wanna talk to us. So we will be right back after this, about almost about four minutes. So don't go away, folks. High school is a time for figuring things out, like finding the square root of x when your ex won't stop texting you, or how to write an essay on Twelfth Night the night before it's due. It's about making friends and making memories. It's about deciding where you fit, where you stand, and what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed, after you've left the hall and moved on with life, after you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were gonna be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peake says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T.J. Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamic dojo radio host at gmail.com or you can also post it on the dynamic dojo facebook page you're listening to the dynamic dojo show with restita and robert your source for martial arts talk radio
All right, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk TV with Bob and Kat. You know, that reminds me, during the break there, I need to, I need to do, a, I need to make a new, uh, uh, what do you call it, an intro stinger. Because it's not just Ristita and Robert, it's Ristita, Robert, and Kat now. So, <laughs> so I'm going to have to make Aww. a new one. going to have to find a... It doesn't bother black. me that this... What's that? It's okay that I'm not in there. It's okay. I think I might do one anyway. <laughs> I actually had someone do it. I actually had someone do it. That's why it sounds so cool. <laughs> so, Right. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, our phone number here, folks, is three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine, and we are going to open up the phone lines for martial arts and special needs. So if you are an instructor that uh, teaches people with special needs, or if you are a special needs student, we want you to call in and tell us about how martial arts has given benefits to you. Uh, both as an instructor and as a student. So we'd love to hear from you. Now, I want to kind of kick off this discussion with an article from the uh, Novak Dokovich Foundation. And uh, this is uh, all about uh, childhood development and um, uh, school. Ooh, I forgot what this Yeah. Um, about everything about education. Okay. So the Novak Dokovich Foundation. <clears throat> and this particular article was written by Elena Scudo and it's titled Why Martial Arts Are Good for Special Needs Children. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and read this real quick. All right. So parents' first instinct about activities that include kicking, punching, breaking things, and yelling is probably that they aren't really the best things for their child. Martial arts are different systems and practices, many of which originated in Asia, including boxing, karate, taekwondo, muay thai, and capoeira, and so on and so forth. And while kicking, punching, breaking things, and yelling are part of many of the practices, the skills learned are a great therapy for children with attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and autism. Martial arts are great for children with special needs. Well, for I shouldn't say just children, but for anyone with special needs because it includes self-expression and a competition against themselves rather than others. Other benefits include consistency. Classes are typically scheduled once or twice a week or even three times a week at the same time, and moves within the practices um, include a lot of repetition. Number two, discipline. Martial arts promote respect in the practices and self-respect, such as keeping uniforms crisp and clean and uh, saluting or bowing, etc. Number three, concentration. Remembering each move requires complete focus. Next, coordination. Like many sports, martial arts help children excel physically. Balance. This includes internal and external mind balance. Fun exercises, 
such as, um, sorry, fun exercises. While martial arts are serious practices, the exercises are also fun to learn. Confidence. There may not be trophies like in some sports, but there is personal gratification in succeeding in certain levels of martial arts and graduating to the next level. In some of them, a new belt color is given. Now, how has studying martial arts helped children with special needs? In one study of 30 children with autism, children involved in either martial arts or kinesiotherapy experienced significant improvements in language, social communication, and cognition, as well as less hyperactivity, temper tantrums, longer attention spans, and better sleeping patterns, as well as more independence. So there you go. The the experts are seeing the benefits firsthand. David Rosenberg, the owner of Kicking the Spectrum, a martial arts program for kids with special needs, says, these days, individuals are turning towards martial arts for the benefits of the mind and body. So for the mind, it's working on focus and attention. And the body, it's working on motor skills, fine and gross, as well as core muscles. Rosenberg's classes help children stimulate focus and physical activity while generating a social connection and a sense of belonging. They also gain a huge sense of achievement. Rosenberg says, when they can figure out how to punch or kick, or even something simple like ducking or jumping, the level of achievement and happiness that they get is just amazing. As a child, this is the the writer speaking now, as a child, I did one of the martial arts, taekwondo. And comparing it to other activities I did while growing up, like gymnastics and volleyball, it allowed me to improve my focus, memory, and internal strength. Looking back, I can definitely see how this would greatly benefit children of special needs. Parents of children with special needs often have to explore different ways to help their children. At first glance, parents may not think the martial arts are a good option, but it's important to be open-minded. Some of the unique activities can help the most. And uh, that particular article was on the uh, Novak Djokovic Foundation, and that's at Novak, Novak Djokovic, that's a D-J-O-K-O-V-I-C foundation.org, and that article was written by Elena Scudo. So there you go with that. So let's, uh, <clears throat> let's check the phone lines hey, here. Hey, Rusty. Yeah. I wanted to say something. Can we go over real quick what defines a not just a child, a person with special needs? Because it seems talking to, to everybody, special needs, they automatically go to like let's say uh, autism or right, hyperactivity. Right. But there is more to it than that, and I don't think people see that. Like sight challenge. I call them sight challenge to be politically correct. Like my, my instructor, Mark Stewart, used to do Chisau exercise mm-hmm. sensitivity drills over the Braille Institute, which I thought was very cool nice. to do. Yeah. So can we discuss that? What defines somebody with, with special needs? Yeah. You know, uh, I was going to, I wanted to go into that too, because, you know, a lot of people, like you said, automatically think that special need, needs means autism, ADD, ADHD, you know, or any other, you know, type of processing deficit. And you're right. Um, it's not. Now, 
in con in in context of like let's say people that are um of school age okay or 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 any anyone attending educational institutions um it's a uh, a special needs uh, kind of centers around um learning difficulties physical disabilities emotional or behavioral difficulties that's the technical term but you know special needs especially nowadays um it, emotional um emotional problems and stuff like that can result in a type of special need i think you know like depression you know if it's chronic then yeah you know it it, it can it can be really tough um but Let's take a look here. The website verywell.com, and it asks, "What does it mean to have special needs?" Um, this is actually talking about children, but um, it says that special needs is an umbrella term for a staggering array of diagnoses. A staggering, and and you know this is why we're we're kind of talking about it. We don't want everyone to think that special needs just means autism or anything like that. Children with special needs may have mild learning disabilities or profound cognitive impairment. They may have food allergies. That's, that's one thing that people don't think of is allergies or a terminal illness. A child's special needs may include developmental delays that catch up quickly or remain entrenched. May also refer to children with occasional panic attacks or or serious psychiatric problems. No matter what the reason, the designation is useful. It can help you obtain needed services, set appropriate goals, and gain an understanding. Special needs are commonly defined by what a child can't do, and that's what that's kind of what drives me batty these days. Um, Commonly defined by what a child can't do, milestones unmet, foods banned, activities avoided, or experiences denied. These hindrances can hit families hard and may make special needs seem like a tragic designation. Some parents will always mourn their child's lost potential, and some conditions become more troubling with time. Other families might find their child's challenges make triumphs sweeter and that weaknesses are often accompanied by amazing strengths. Two families with children with special needs, and they may seem to have little in common. A family dealing with developmental delays will have different concerns than one dealing with chronic illness. These families will have different anxieties than one dealing with mental illness, learning problems, or behavioral challenges. The point is, is that special needs is a very broad term, and every situation is unique. Families should focus on seeking the help and guidance needed for their particular concerns. So there you go. The it's an umbrella term that that covers like the gamut of many many diagnoses or many many um instances. So, you know, for people to say, you know, that special needs means that you're only stuck in a wheelchair or that you're ADD or ADHD or whatever. That's that's only the very tip of the iceberg, folks. So, you know, we have to take we have, we have to take that into consideration when we're talking about this subject. <clears throat> so our phone number is 347-677-0699, and we are talking about 
special needs and martial arts. So we've we've touched on a few of the benefits uh, just listed on a um, on an article. However, we want to hear from you, the teachers out there, the educators out there, the paraeducators. We want to hear from students that uh, that do martial arts and uh, the benefits that it's brought them. Three seven seven six seven seven. 0699. So, Bob, um, I'm going to ask each one of you, Bob and Kat, um, what experiences you've had in teaching people with special needs. Let's start with Bob. Well, mine stems, you know, I don't have the experience that you guys do with teaching children. And that's why I ask my questions about definition because mine stem more for the adults. Yeah, it's not only about children it's anyone right exactly uh well one thing the article said which which was what i was going to point out is special needs are like fingerprints right every one is different you could be diagnosed with the same have two people diagnosed with the exact same thing everything something about them is going to be different uh with the people i had it might have been behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, may have been uh, a phobia of some kind. Not necessarily a diagnosed phobia, uh, uh, but something was, was was not quite right, and I had to deal with it in a, in a certain manner. Uh, scared scared of being hit, things mm-hmm. like that. Now, to me, that was. That was among the, the, the special needs. And that was, so I have such a limited amount of experience, not like you do with, you truly have special needs. But I did want to ask you, because you had a child that had not been diagnosed with special needs, but through a lot of temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. Do you consider that along those lines? I, because you had to deal with them a different way than you did everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at at that point, it's it's behavioral um, issues. Um, and although you know he wasn't diagnosed, um, you know, it could have been a bajillion things that could have caused, you know, his temper tantrums or his um, lack of being able to um, handle certain emotions. Um, but in a situation like that, in a way, it kind of does become special needs because, you know, in a way, you have to you have to handle certain things a little bit differently. Not necessarily with kids' gloves, but you know, you have to handle things a little bit differently than you know you would with other people. Like, for example, you know, even painfully shy children. Um, I find you have to handle a lot differently. You can't just start barking orders um, or you've lost a potential student that could be very good. That could very well be very good, but painfully shy, um, you know, maybe something had happened when they were little or something, you know, um, and you have to handle that gently. You have to, you have to handle it differently. Um, Yeah, that that was me when I was a kid. Oh yeah, that was me too. I, you know, 
thankfully I grew out of it before I did karate, but there's, I still have pictures of me like hiding behind, you know, behind my dad's coat or in my dad's coat. And, you know, I would cry uncontrollably when the doorbell rang. And I remember that I had this like weird anxiety about strangers and stuff like that. My parents actually didn't know if I could, if, if I was actually following regular development in speech because I hardly talked. And uh, when I went to kindergarten and first grade, they thought, Oh my God, what's, what's, what's wrong with your student? She's not talking, you know, and she just kind of nods and this and that and the other. Um, and then I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I grew out of it. Or but what yeah, I said, Rusty, <laughs> is that considered somebody, let's say they have what you had, you're just painfully shy. Is that considered somebody with special needs? Because you do have to treat them differently. You know, they they did. They did treat me a little bit differently. I did speak up when they tried to put me in um, special ed. Because back then as a kid, when you're like in first grade, you think special ed is, you know, for the people that, quote, unquote, can't learn, right? So I spoke up. I'm like, oh, no, I could talk. I just don't want to. (laughs) You know what? That's funny you said that. I had the same thing happen to me. They stuck me in special ed, lasted one day. They found out the reason. I was talking with an accent. I I was about six. My father was teaching me German. Oh, got it. So yeah. they thought I had a speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they thought I was. They thought I was delayed, and they, you know, and they, they knew. Everyone at my elementary school knew it was on my records that I was premature, and that they were still learning what my, what my learning curve was, or whatever. Because, um, you know, I went through a, a, a time where. I made a lot of development, and then a time where there wasn't any development, and then a lot of development. Da, 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 da. And yes, it's obvious that height was not one of those developments. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, but they 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 thought I was delayed. They were going to put me in special ed. But what I didn't understand was at the time I was really good at 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 writing and language arts and science and stuff like that. So I don't know why they thought about putting me in special ed. Um, when I finally started talking, however, they wanted to put me in the Horizon program, which here in Washington is a child program. And I, I refused because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be labeled like that, right? And I didn't want to be away from my friends and stuff like that. But when I got into high school, I kicked myself and said, why didn't I go to Horizon? And my, my parents were like, you didn't want to. So, but they did treat me differently when I wasn't. Talking. Now, Kat, you said that you were painfully shy and didn't talk much as a child either, right? I mean, were you treated differently in school? Did they have to treat you with kid gloves or anything like that? You know, when I started kindergarten, my, um, I mean, I was basically raised by my oldest brother <clears throat> who, um, who taught me how to read and write. Going in, so going into kindergarten, I could do basic math. I could read. I could write. And I was mm-hmm. already reading, you know, third and fourth grade level books. At five right. years old, yep. but I wouldn't talk. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, when I when I did finally answer a question, it was like a one word answer, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. or a two word answer at the most. 
because I had to answer the question. But, you know, when when it came to reading, I, I'd, I'd go through the book and I'd say, okay, I'm done. And they look at me like, really? You know how to read? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. you know, then they'd have me write something and then they'd have me do math. And I'm, you know, five years old and they're thinking, okay, she doesn't talk at all. And she sits in the back of the class and she hides, <laughs> but but she can read and write and do arithmetic. They didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. Well, they they tried to figure it out for me. They tried to put me in special ed, even though I could I could read. I read when I was in preschool, and my parents kind of right. I felt like such a tambourine monkey. Tita, come over here, show Manong Jesse you can read. And then they they the, the guys would. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They would pick out any book off of the bookshelf, and of course, Milo Jess would, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, X Y Z, and then flip to some, you know, random page and put it in front of me. And I, I remember I looked at him, and I looked down. I forgot what I read. I think it was xylophone, something about what a xylophone is, or something like that, right? And I went xylophone. Blah 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 blah, and they were like, "What the hell is going on here? You're not supposed to know how to read." And I just kind of shrugged and walked away. And that was a lot of what I did. I shrugged, I shrugged, or I nodded, or I shook my head, and people thought I was retarded. And I was like, "Well, they tried to put me in like in second or third grade as a kindergartner, and I said no because I thought, well, that meant I wouldn't be in school with my sister." Um, right. Because we were twins. And I thought, oh, no. And my mom flatly refused. She goes, oh, no, I can't have one ahead of the other. That's not right. Wow. Now, um, Justin Plavik has written in and he writes, I have a student with ADHD and depression. He demands to go to class mm. every day instead of going to tutoring. It helps him center himself and express his emotions. Thank you for sharing that, Justin. Uh, Joe Franklin writes in, he says, one of our judo black belts is blind. He competes and mm-hmm. wins. Um, There's a school in, in Los Angeles where a blind man, blind judo guy is teaching. Wow, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's a pretty awesome guy. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Janie Larkin Meiser writes in, and she writes, "We have a, we have had deaf uh, slash hard of hearing um, students, a girl with cerebral palsy, and also someone with Down syndrome." So, Janie, it would be interesting to to learn how your dojang um, incorporates their teaching style for these special needs kids. Um, do you guys have a dedicated program for these kids, or are they in with the well with the general class? It'd be um, I'd love to hear about that. So please write or call in. Um, let's see. We have a caller that pressed one, and I promise I'll get to your line in just a second. Um, John Lupo writes: How many people with special needs get turned away because the instructors don't want to risk some kind of episode um, of the particular issue? You know, that's a good question, John. Um, I do know there. I do know that there have been schools that have turned 
um, potential students away because they just don't know how to handle it or they're not educated enough to be able to, um, to, to handle a special needs person or the way I tend to look at it, they don't know their art well enough to be able to adapt it to anyone with special needs. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and take this call. This is area code, let's see if the mic pops up, area code 270, 270. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? You ask and you shall receive. How are you? Yay! Yay! <laughs> right on. Yeah. I just read the question and I'm like, I wonder if this is Janie. I bet this is Janie. I'm going to answer it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. So tell us a little bit about your dojang and... Um, the special needs students there. Okay, well, um, with um, our Down syndrome uh, little girl that we had, she uh, was very shy, so that was a private session. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so she she does things privately. She has a uh, she goes through all the kicks and and uh, basic fights uh, combinations that we teach. And she's mm-hmm. quite phenomenal. You know, she likes to throw little dance moves in there because she's a side dancer. But, <laughs> but uh, she does a good job, you know. So I don't really get involved too much with that because uh, the instructor's daughter uh, that was in a car accident not too long ago, she was the one that was uh, taking care of her. Um, mm-hmm. But... There's three of us who are actually involved in sign language. Um, that's part of the reason why my daughter wants to be a uh, sign language interpreter. Uh, uh-huh. We had a, a deaf and hard of hearing girl, and we had the instructor and then uh, one of three of us uh, in the front, and we would sign what she need what she needed to do. Um, but we would take her to the back and teach her. Um, our white belt form is Chanji Young, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just basic down block, side block, and punches, nothing major, and, and it's mm-hmm. in a cross pattern. So we taught her the basic moves first, and we got her familiar with what we needed her to do. And then she got in with the rest of the class. Well, once she got with the rest of the class, she was able to follow along with everybody so that we can all do it in unison and oh, nice. with the vibration, and then watching, uh, being able to keep an eye on the other students, she fell right into place. It was really no big deal. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, so she's so just a little general sorry? class. Not, she's in the general class, not a special needs class, correct? No. No, we don't have a special needs uh, section of our curriculum. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody... Everybody gets treated the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, I was actually quite proud of one of my students. Um, I have an autistic boy that I work with uh, on a regular basis, and the kid has just stole my heart because he's a phenomenal kid and he's 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 a he's just a wonderful child. But um, I was proud to be able to present him his yellow belt. And we, mm-hmm. his parents were afraid that he wouldn't be able to test um, for uh-huh. it. Uh, with everything that was going on with the, our instructor's daughter, you know, being hit by a drunk driver and stuff, 
and them dealing with that. Um, our grandmaster came down to facilitate our test, and um, she wasn't sure if that was something that he was going to be comfortable with because he didn't know him. And Master Wiley can be quite intimidating because he's just a no-nonsense kind of guy, very dry. Um, you know, it's like he doesn't have a personality. So <laughs> the the thing is, is that you could test early, but you can't test late. So one of the things was uh, they're asking if there is a chance that Connor can uh, test early. And I says, well, we normally don't like to do that um, because we want them to be part of the same thing that everybody's going through. Right. If, but it's your choice. I mean, if that's what you decide that you want to do, but talk to my master instructor anyway, um, see what he thinks, uh, before Grandmaster Wiley comes and then, uh, we'll go from there. We'll do whatever you guys want us to do. Uh, they uh, went ahead and decided that it was okay for him to test with the rest of the class, and it was one of our biggest tests ever. We had 64 kids testing. Whoa! And, uh, Whoa! Yeah. Wow! Dang! Well, That's a lot of... How about that? I know. Yeah, well, uh, Grandmaster Wiley brought some of his kids, but there was only like four, and we've had, we have several kids at, at our, our uh, Elizabethtown school but then we also have a skies program out on Fort Knox, uh, where I'm only 30 minutes away from Fort Knox uh, Army Base. So uh, everybody from Fort Knox and our school, and then and then uh, whoever else um, uh, Grandmaster Wiley brought, it was just oh wow, it was one of the best tests we ever had. So we actually had to borrow the church across the street to use the gym. Yeah, I was gonna say because how did I was gonna ask how did how did sixty four kids testing uh, happen in your in the little dojang? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't gonna happen at all. There would have been no room. Uh, yeah, so we would you took it to the church across the street. But um, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to be on the sidelines uh, for all the colored belts because uh, mm-hmm. we also had a black belt test going on at the same time which is unusual. Wow. Um, usually our black belt tests are separate. But uh, I sat and watched Connor, and he was phenomenal. He did everything he was supposed to do. And my biggest struggle with Connor was focus, because, you know, most autistic kids don't like to look at you, and they look yeah. away a lot. Yeah. So he's not – he wasn't focusing in on his targets that he need uh, to hit. Um, so – we were shadow boxing, and we don't let white belts um, spar. Mm-hmm. But one day we were feeling froggy, and we thought, well, you know, what's the best way to get them to start taking these these uh, blocks and kicks that we're teaching them and put them in combinations, but to let them shadow box? Right. So I wouldn't let them shadow with anybody else but me, so I gave them each a task, one would hit the bag or whatever, and one would shadow box with me, and then we'd switch out. Mm-hmm. Well, Connor wouldn't wouldn't look at me to, to hit, you know, to try to hit his target. His punches were landing way out to my left or way out to my right, and he would pull his kicks. So mm-hmm. 
I thought, okay, let's do this. So I grabbed the focus mitts and I started to do some, because um, I do a little uh, kickboxing as well. So I started doing some kickboxing drills with them. So I was having them hit the focus mitts, um, throwing a one-two punch, and then I had them do a couple of hooks, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, as long as he's hitting the target on the pad, he was great. And then, so it would be a one, two, three, four, uh, straight punch, straight punch, hook punch, hook punch, and then I had him do a front snap kick. Well, you give him combinations to work with, and the dude was dead on. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so how, so now I got to give him something without the target mitts because he has to be able to throw a high and a middle and a low punch, you know, for part of his basics. So I said, okay, I want you to imagine you're punching yourself in the face, hitting your nose to mouth area for your high punch, you know. So bring your so bring your fist up to where your nose and mouth is. Mm-hmm. And he threw his high punch. He hit dead on. I'm like, okay, now you know where your solar plex is. Well, the way the Taekwondo uh, V-neck, uh, your guys' gi would be, well, there's a little patch there. So I was like, okay, hit your patch because that's about where your solar plex is. So I said, so mm-hmm. hit, hit to where your patch would be. You know, and so I gave him target areas that way to work with, and he hit him dead on. So wow. during his test, he was knocking it dead, and he popped off his knowledge like like nobody's business. He knew it inside and out. I even We even tried to trip him up, and we couldn't trip him up. He was just phenomenal. <laughs> I, I was very proud. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. So, Bob or Kat, do you have any uh, questions for Janie about uh, her dojang? Uh, no. It sounds like she's a, a very creative teacher. Absolutely. Well, wow. thanks. We try, to do, we try to do anything we can to get these kids to learn. Um, do you guys remember uh, me telling you about the young lady that I could not get to, the one that uh, was a heart nut to crack. I remember I asking remember you that. guys. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, I remember I couldn't get through to her and, and nothing was going to give. Mm-hmm. I I got through to her. She got her yellow belt, too. Whoa, Yay. nice. So what 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 happened? What what uh, What finally broke the ice, so to speak? Uh, well, you know, she, I guess she felt like she wasn't getting anywhere. She was basically there because her brother liked it. Well, she needed something, she needed something that made her like it too. So, but the thing was, is that, uh, because she's not always in my class, she's always, she's usually in another class. Well, Mm -hmm. she wasn't getting the praise and she wasn't getting the encouragement that she needed from that other in- instructor. Mm-hmm. Oh. So she, so when she would do something right, I give her the encouragement. And then what we do is, is uh, each white belt has to have at least three tips on their belt before they test. And that tells us that they know their basic one-step self-defense they know their form, and they know their knowledge. Well, you have to make it fun for some of these kids because some of these kids just 
you know. If it's not fun, they're not interested. Yeah. So what I, I would try to do is I would try to make it, you know, make a game out of uh, out of our knowledge. So, uh, you know, I, ha- I have different games that I play. So, uh, but she started to get interested in the games. So in with the games, with our, our knowledge, you know, she was getting in tune. So she'd get a tip. Well, and I tell her, look, I'm very proud of you. You're doing very good. You just got to keep going. You know, don't give up on yourself. You know, just doing the whole, you know, building her up. And that's what she needs. She needs somebody to build her up because her mom has cerebral palsy and her dad is an older fella. So I don't think she's getting the encouragement because I think what's happening is, is that she's too busy trying to help take care of her mom and dad. And she's not mm-hmm. able to be a kid and have fun. So right. she's very soft-spoken. So, you know, I said, come on, you got to keep going. You just can't give up on yourself. We just got to we, we gotta keep this moving, okay? I know you have it in you. Well, she uh, she she uh, floored me when she came to me and she says, Miss Jane, she says, um, she says, what do you think about me testing? I says, you want to test? And she says, yeah. And I says, is this something wow. that you want or is this something that somebody else wants? She goes, no, I want it. I said, test. And she's got her yellow belt now. I couldn't be yeah. more proud. Well, yeah, definitely. That's that's leaps and bounds right there. You oh, know. yeah. It took me a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yay. Bob, do you have any yeah, uh, think- do you have- you want to add, or, or, or do you have anything you want to ask, Janie? No, I think she's doing very well. She's, you know, she's brought people around that she couldn't bring around. I think she did very well with her students with with, with special needs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I uh, just want to remind our listeners of our phone number four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Right down there. Um, give us a call if you'd like to share any stories or um, anecdotes or uh, your views on martial arts for special needs. So I kind of want to, since we have everyone on the line right now, uh, oh, and make sure you press one, folks, in case you want to talk with us. So let's kind of steer the conversation um, sort of in a different direction. So we heard from Janie that that, uh, people are getting promoted. now let's uh let's take a look at the coveted black belt rank. You know, so let's just say let's just say, I don't know, someone with uh, I don't know, someone with autism makes makes their way through all the ranks and uh they want to test for black belt, you know. What would what would well, what would you guys? What would you guys say? I mean, I can't speak for any other martial art, martial arts out there, although I have heard of people that refuse to promote anyone to black belt that cannot physically show the technique for that particular. Well, part. I think it's I interesting because there's in the kung fu sansu community, there's a, an instructor who's been teaching for longer than I've been doing martial arts. Um, his name is Ron Scanlon, and he's been in a wheelchair his entire life, and he's a master in Kung Fu Sun Tzu. So, and he teaches. He has his own school. So, of course, it, of course, you should promote him. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's, there's yeah. ways around everything. You can adapt and overcome to just about anything. I agree. I agree. Uh, but that, I, I, I have. That, that. But go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. No, that that's absolutely awesome that he can teach and has all the techniques. I love to hear stories like that. It's like, but you're right. You have to be able to adapt and overcome their their disabilities, whatever they may be. If 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 let's say, for example, you have uh, a student that's missing a left hand, you're not going to expect them to be able to do an outside or an inside knife hand. You have With to adapt the technique to, to fit them. Hand. I mean, maybe that was a bad example, but yeah. you've got to adapt it. Yeah. Well, what about, okay, let's just say um, people in uh, people that are, I don't know, missing missing limbs. So they can't really show a span. Well, so, well I mean, like, like missing a leg or, or something like that? Yeah, missing limbs. Yeah. Right. I'll, both. Um, well, there's several yeah. people that I've seen so far that are missing a leg and missing arms, and they're still doing taekwondo, and but they're just doing uh, jump kicks. And uh, then there's one dude that's got a missing leg, and he's doing uh, he's doing some great stuff with his crutches. Um, I think if you're missing arms, taekwondo. Uh, would be a good way to go because that's 70% legs anyway. Or I don't know about that much about Muay Thai, but I know they're a good kicking group as well, so maybe some Muay Thai, you know. Right. Well, right. there's a fighter named Baxter Humby who has one arm, and he's won a world title in Muay Thai. There you go. Right on. There was just one guy that I read about in Black Belt Magazine. His name stuck with me for at least 20 years because I remembered that article. Um, it was an article in the 1980s uh, Black Belt Magazine, and I thought, this guy's badass. He's absolutely badass, and I'm trying to remember his name. In fact, I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, had no legs. I don't remember if he lost them in Nam or what but if I see his name I know I would uh, I know I would recognize it I think I think I posted something on Facebook the other day with uh, two guys in a wheelchair boxing yes I saw that that was That was cool. I think they uh, hit harder than Ali. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. Um, let's see here. Let's see if I can find this guy. Uh, oh, and that. But now there's like a whole. Oh, wait a minute. Is this it? No. Um. Hmm. There's a whole bunch of stories of um, people that um, that are special needs or handicapable, as we call them, um, that 
are black belts and are, are just making leaps and bounds. No pun intended. But what is this guy's name? He was. And he was a veteran. And it drives me crazy. Uh, yeah, I'll probably find it some other. <laughs> I'll find it some other. <laughs> Some other time. That's gonna drive me insane. <clears throat> so yeah, but you know, can you can you believe that? I mean, people saying, well, you know, if they can't show the stances, if they can't show the kick, how am I supposed to promote them to black belt? It's like seriously, seriously, you think it's just punch kick? That that doesn't make any sense because then how did I get my black belt? I can't physically do the long stance like that I need to me because of my injury of my knee. But right. I can tell them exactly what I was doing wrong and what I needed to do to fix it. As long as I knew how to fix it, then they were fine with that. Right. So even if you can't physically show them, as long as you can tell them what you're doing, then there shouldn't be a problem. You know, again, again, it like you know, it kind of goes back to what I've said earlier. Is you know, you have to know your art well enough to be able to adapt it to anyone. And if you can't do that, then all right, then right. And don't, or don't promote them. But you know, why take them anyway in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what bothers me. Is is you know, you take them in, they take their tuition money, and then oh, they want to test the black belt. Now you don't want to promote them, you know, right? You know. Or or I've heard, we'll just make them a house belt, so they're only a house black belt, but anywhere else they have to wear a red belt. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It makes no makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. So um, our phone number here is 347-677-0699, So what what's the... Do you have any predictions as to where martial arts for special needs individuals are going to be within the next 10 or 20 years? I mean, we, we know that there are programs out there. There's an actual program and even foundations out there that that uh, cater to to sports and martial arts included, um, and other activities for people with special needs. Where do you guys martial arts in this case? For special needs people, are you gonna you have any uh, have any thoughts on that, Bob? At all? Did we lose Bob? Sorry, Bob? So, sorry, I was muted. I was muted. Oh, <laughs> there he uh, is. You know, I think I think there there are gonna be some great advancements in in martial arts and special needs in the next twenty years. Uh, we've we've already come a long way uh, in acceptance. Uh, I know a lot of schools. There are, there are only one or two teachers that will that have the skill level to be able to teach those mm-hmm. with special needs. And right. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna make some really good development uh, with 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 everybody with with the blind, with the people missing limbs, with the people in the wheelchairs, and and so forth. The next twenty years, it's gonna be a really good thing. We're gonna really make a lot of progress. Yeah. Well, you know, nowadays, I mean, let's, you know, just talking about people in uh, wheelchairs and stuff, the wheelchairs that people have now compared to the wheelchairs that 
um, that were for people when I taught them, you know, back in the late 80s and stuff are, are, are amazing, you know. Uh, to, to you know, back in the '80s, to see an uh, an automated wheelchair was like phenomenal. I, it, what I had this one student, his name was Michael, and uh, he was actually part of the Guardian Angels also. And he wasn't able to come to my dojo, but I taught him after regular trainings over at uh, the Guardian Angel headquarters. And he had cerebral palsy, and uh, he couldn't. Speak. I mean, he could vocalize, but he couldn't speak. So he talked on this badass, like, computer thing, which was, you know, this was like the late 80s, you know. So we're like, oh, my gosh, this is weird, right? This is so weird. Look at this. He types into it and it speaks to us. <laughs> and he had a, he had a, uh, automatic <laughs> wheelchair. I know, considering we have all that technology now. But back then, you right. know, it was like some kind of stuff, right? And uh, um, and he had this automatic wheelchair. And get this, he he, I don't know how he how he did it. Um, because when I met him, he was already like twenty four or something like that. So he was he was some years older than I was, and I don't know. Who he took it to, but the the floorboard to his wheelchair. They, he didn't have separate floor pegs, so to speak, but he had a floorboard. Um, what little movement he could do with his legs, he had this cover on the edge of his floorboard, and he would kick it open, and literally, it it was sharpened there. It was sharp, so he had this cover on it, like a metal cover. So that way, if he did bump into somebody's shins on accident, you know, he wasn't going to cut their shins, right? But it was sharp. And he had it all planned out that, you know, if somebody messed with him, he would just kick that sucker off and ram someone in the shins repeatedly. (laughs) You know? It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He had it all planned out. But, you know, and, um, and he was strong, too. When he got a hold of you, he had like that, that, that wiry, um, that wiry, really strong kind of strength, you know, like that character from of Mice and Men, was his name Lenny, where he was just uber mm-hmm. strong and you know it, you know, um, yeah, and oh yeah, he, I know that strength, yeah. yeah, and he was strong and and just. And I I taught him what, you know, as much as, as I could, and he learned it. He just had to do it a little bit differently with his wheelchair. But, boy, he, he could do, like, acrobatics with that wheelchair. It, you know, he could turn pirouettes, turn on a dime, and if he grabbed you and he threw it away, you had no choice but to fall down. And you knew those wheels were going to come over your ankles and stuff like that. It was like, oh, my gosh, he had it all planned out. You know, and I remember one time we were we were both uh, doing door watch where we sit outside the door and watch the street and you know guard the headquarters. And I asked them, I'm like, hey, you know, I think it was close to Christmas. Cause I remember it being really cold. I said, hey, so y'all ready for Christmas? And he's and he got really really excited and he wrote, yes, yes, I am. What do you want for Christmas? 
And I said, oh, you know, I just want to be able to not work on Christmas because I work on Christmas. And he wrote, ha, ha, ha. And I asked him, what do you want for Christmas? And he said, I just want people to just treat me like any other guy and to teach me like any other guy, like you do. And I went, oh, cry, cry, cry. And, you know, it occurred to me that many of the gatherings that we went to for for guardian angels, like there'd be people that come up from Canada, people come up from California and stuff like that. You know, for these trainings, when people would be asked to grab partners, they would never go to Michael. It was me. They would never go to him. They'd look at him and go, oh, he's in a wheelchair. And then they'd go find somebody else. They'd even triple up with people to not be with him. And the, just that discriminatory attitude drove me insane. I, I just wanted to slap people upside the head and go, what are you doing? You want to work with this guy. <laughs> you want to. But, you know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway. All right. So, yeah, what about you? Where do you think uh, martial arts for, specifically martial arts, for special needs individuals, what do you think it's going to be in 20 years? In 20 years? My goodness. I think, you know, much like, much like we now have the Special Olympics and they're creating more and more events um, and more and more people with special needs are participating in the Special Olympics. It's very much like that in that it's only going to get better and better for them. Where you going? I agree. Like, like um, yeah, there's, and there's, there, like I said earlier, there are organizations um, that specialize in martial arts um, and other types of sports for kids and adults with special needs. Um, and even some dojos and dojangs and martial arts studios have specific classes for people with special needs actually have staff that have willfully gone through, you know, all the continuing education or already had um, an education in being a paraeducator. And they teach. Is that the cat? Cat? <laughs> oh, no. no. That's my cat. It's not me. It's mine. Oh, it's your cat. My kitties okay. are asleep at the foot of the bed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My daughter threw the old man on me. Oh, oh my <laughs> No, my, both my kitties are asleep at the foot of the bed, so you can't hear them. Oh, okay. Well, but listen to that kitty. Aw. Aw. <laughs> Mama love. Aw. Aw. Yeah, you know, um, this this whole discussion subject just reminded me that I need to buy a yellow belt really soon for my autistic private student, Maxime. Um, I just want to send a shout out uh, out there to Maxime. I want to talk a little bit about this uh, youngster because he is badass. When he first came to me, um, his parents wanted him to try the group class. Tried it, and I knew from the moment he walked in that uh, that he was in the spectrum somewhere. I didn't know where, but I knew he was. And uh, it was really tough to kind of reel him in because he was like all over the place. He was in every room, in every closet. 
you know, my, my weapons weren't mounted on the wall yet. Um, and he was picking stuff up and yeah, I, I, I only had to teach him. Uh, I had him join the class for only 30 minutes and said, yeah, we're going to have to try this privately. Um, and I, yeah, he's high functioning, but he, yeah, he was, he was a handful for, for that first day. So I said, I, I, I decided to take him privately and um and I'm assisted by uh, my assistant Marceau and he's just come leaps and bounds. He's actually now when he shakes hands with us at the end of class because that's what we do, we shake hands uh with the teachers, he will look us in the eye and we can see that he's that he means it when he says thank you. Now, is there, you know, are there times where he kind of looks away? Yeah, it's when I say, hey, time to concentrate. And then, then he'll just be like any other kid <laughs> and then go, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, and look away, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he's earned his first white stripe. He's earned his second white stripe. Last Wednesday, he, he earned his third white stripe. He's just only got one more stripe, and then it's yellow belt after that. And uh, I'm guessing this next uh, – by January, because you know half of December is gone. By January, I hope to promote him to yellow belt. And um, he's just come leaps and bounds. He he hasn't been able for for the first month. He wasn't able to pay attention to me for like five minutes. So we literally started each class five minutes, and then two weeks later it's ten minutes, and then a month later it's fifteen minutes, and then you know that kind of thing. And um, you know like. You know, like people are saying on the comments, on the comment thread, and like and like you said, Janie, you know, you just got to keep plugging along, and, and you just got to be patient. You got to mm-hmm. know your shit. You got to know your shit to be able to teach it, um, right? Differently, and uh, yeah, he's coming. He's coming along. I'm so proud of him. So proud. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah, I need to get a I need to get a yellow belt. Well, wow, we are running out of time. Where'd all the time go? <laughs> let's hear from let's hear from Kat. Kat, what are some experiences you've had teaching special needs? Oh gosh, where do I start? I've I've taught Anywhere. Um, quite a Anywhere. few people with special needs. <laughs> well let's see. The first student I had who had special needs was um a deaf young man who's fourteen years old who did not know how to read lips but he desperately wanted to study Kung Fu. So between his mother and books, I figured out sign language as quickly as I could. But that kid picked up everything so quickly, and he was amazing. He stayed with me, I think, until he got his brown belt, and then then unfortunately his family moved. But, you know, the boy, you know, I I spoke sign language really, you know, it was a bare minimum. But I... I poured through books and learned as quickly as I could. For this kid, it didn't matter really whether I could speak sign language or not. I mean, he picked up picked up everything super quickly. The second kid I worked with, um, he was 14 in a wheelchair with uh, cerebral palsy and didn't have very good use. He he was very strong, but he didn't have very good use of his hands. Um, but when he gripped you, if he got a hold of your hand or your wrist, there was no getting your wrist out of there. 
I know what that feels like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Um, you know, I, I adapted everything I taught him to his wheelchair and being able to, he had limited use of his arms and no use of his legs. But once the kid got a hold of you, you know, if he grabbed you, then he could pull you toward him because obviously it's much easier to pull something toward you than it is to keep it at arm's length or push it away. Um, right. And then from there, you know, yeah, he he was very good with elbows and headbutts and, and whatever else he needed to do. But he he was amazing. I think one of the more profound um, students I came across was a, a a young man who started with me, and he developed schizophrenia at 16. And it was a very interesting transition to see him, a very um, active, happy kid, turning into, you know, going to puberty, and then you know, his eyes were sunken in and, and dark and he had would get these odd tattoos on him and he started listening to really heavy metal music and was just very withdrawn and I saw him progressively getting worse and worse and worse and his mother taught Tai Chi and she picked up on it quickly um, but, you know, didn't make much money. So unfortunately, um, she couldn't afford the proper medications but he stuck with us and she went to the Salvation Army and they took him in and, and got him the right medication that he needed, got him looked at by doctors. And he's now teaching in his own school, married with children. What? Right yep. on. Wow. Yeah, really cool. That's, that's bad. Really, really cool. That is yeah. cool. He went to wow. a pretty dark place for a while there, but, you know, he stuck with the Kung Fu because he knew that it helped him, and he knew that he needed some interaction with people who were, you know, uh, close to him and friends with him, and he and he could trust them. So right. until he could get the right medications, you know, he he needed something to hang on to. Um, mm. So that, that the school was it. The school, the school and the students there all supported him and helped him. Wow. So some people just need some place to channel that that focus, you know, and, yeah. and yep. martial arts exactly. has a, is a really good place to channel it, especially if you can teach them to meditate. We, uh, My daughter and I are probably the only two in our school that have the kids meditate at the end of class. Nice. It just helps them calm down and center themselves. Yeah, and gives them that rest and gives them that time to... Them that time to remember what the... Yeah, his mom helped him a lot with the Tai Chi, and of course she meditated as well. So I think, you know, collectively, we were all a huge help to him. Oh, absolutely. That's outstanding. Very cool. That is. Well, unfortunately, folks, we are running out of time. I want to thank uh, Janie for calling in and for everyone that left their comments on... Um, on the live feed um, comment thread. And I'm sorry if I couldn't get to all of it because I have like five windows in front of me right now <laughs> that I'm, uh, that I'm switching in between of, uh, in between stuff like that. Uh, looking at audio and stuff, but wow, what a, I'd love to talk more about this, but 
a little voice in my ear says 10 seconds. <laughs> you we know how that goes. That Can you guys hear that too, or is it just me? Yes. No, it's I just hear you it. hearing the voices in your head. So you all, you all are hearing the voices in my head. <laughs> yes. So is that a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's. I guess it is. It means we're a hive mind now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. So anyway. <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for showing up on a Sunday evening, folks, and listening to us and commenting in the comment thread. You know, one of these days, folks, if you're commenting in the comment thread, I'd love to see you guys call us. Give us a call next time. We'd love to hear from you. So anyway, this is me, Rusty, and Bob, and Kat, and Jane, who called in. Uh, we're signing out. Have a great rest of the weekend, everyone. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.